Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free. Zero catch. We've been using it ever since we started How Long Gone. And ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like having the option of turning off the Q&As and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level. I highly recommend giving it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Yeah, I'm sorry if it sounds a little funny. It's because I'm in the car. I'm going to um, going to uh, Crossroads to drop off all of my homosexual merchandise. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to give you anything for it? Or are you going to go straight to the donation? <sighs> Might go to the donation, but I just had to get it out of the house. You know, I mean, it's a little embarrassing. I wouldn't want people to see my my five hundred dollar um, cashmere homosexual uh, sweater. So you're finally starting to turn on Cuomo a little bit after supporting him for all these years. After the recent news in the news. Well, what's he's yeah, the news in the news. But what he's done for the Italian people, you know, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be forgotten. So <laughs> I at, at San Gennaro this year, I will be introducing kind of my own take on Cuomo merchandise. So look out for that. Can we get a sneak peek there, buddy? Because <laughs> I've never been to the Feast of San Gennaro, only the one here in LA, of course. We go bobbing for figs with the kids. It's, it's nice. <laughs> it's the most disgusting thing I've ever been a part of. And my first apartment in New York was on Mulberry Street, and I had no idea what it was. And my entire apartment smelled like fucking, you know, my weed mixed with funnel cake <laughs> for two weeks. And it was... <laughs> Cursed. So, the, so Cursed. you say the worst of all time. I mean, you know, the, the smell of delicious Italian foods being cooked on the street. But I guess when you said it's funnel cake, that has less of a traditionale energy and it has more of just yes. a state fair shithole thing. Yeah, it's more of a straight. I mean, I know you're a sausage and peppers kind of guy. I'm actually not a sausage and peppers guy. I don't really fuck with sausage and peppers together. Well, that's what it is. It's literally like sausage, peppers, onions, disgusting drinks. And funnel cakes. Because my if if I was in charge of the Feast of San Gennaro, San Gennaro it's nothing but some nice little lightly fried um, squash blossoms. I, you know what I mean? Of course. I, I assumed it would be you and Mario Batali back to back cooking some nice nice pastas for the the revelers. That would be great. I mean, after you introduced me to your your friend Mario back in the day, <laughs> I was like, I can't. Like you are. This like I grew up watching you, bro. It's like crazy. Man. Yeah, no, it is crazy. But I mean, what is he up to, by the way? What's he up to lately? I know you guys still chat. I've I've not talked to him um, at all. Uh, I've not been to any of his establishments. Um, <laughs> I think he I think he lost like a hundred pounds and just lives at his lake house in Michigan. That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, he, the, my man retired. He's doing his little. He's he's on his little Ryan Adams swag, right? Well, unfortunately, Ryan Adams did put on 40 pounds, it looks like. So we've been watching this show called Dr. Death uh, that stars uh, uh, Josh Jackson, every woman's uh, dream man, uh, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. And it's about this doctor who basically like like as a psycho and kind of killed people on purpose, but he was like considered a genius and blah, blah, blah. But in the later episodes, uh, when he's down... When he's down as luck, he looks fat as he looks like fat bastard. And they put they put all this makeup on him to make him look like fat bastard. And then I see this this Los Angeles magazine article about Ryan Adams yesterday. He also looks like fat bastard. <laughs> so what I'm asking is right now, is the fat bastard look trending? Are we spotting the fat bastard return into pop culture? Is that what's happening? Yeah, shop this look. 
<laughs> so fat the fat bastard look is is trending if i see it one more time if i see it three times that means it's real yeah right? it, well it's, it's starting like, to make me wonder like like the you know austin powers is fat bastard he was like a 500 pound you know <laughs> sweaty uh scotsman covered in boils and sores and things like that but you know pacey <laughs> and ryan adams like all these guys like there's there's something wrong going on in the world if all it takes is you know three months of eating Cheez-Its and not doing cardio to just transform from a heartthrob into literally fat bastard from the Austin Powers franchise. There, there's something in the water and I don't know if it's, well, I don't know if it's, I mean, I don't want to bring up the word karma, but is the, is that coming into play or, or well, no, is the devil no, don't, finally don't, having look, his dance with these, with these, uh, canceleros? We can't put Pacey in that category because it was, it was, he spent hours in the makeup chair in special effects to get his look for a role. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got um, it. So it's, so it's in, Ryan, the, in the Ryan Adams situation, it, yeah, it could be, it could be that, but I think that, I mean, it does say in the story that he's just been surviving on pad Thai. <laughs> uh, so you know, and as much as I love pad time, we, we both know you got to keep that intake to a minimum or you're going to see that waistline expand. Yeah, and you know that um, Big Rye's not getting it with tofu light oil, right? Nah, nah, bro. He's getting extra egg and beef. You know, he's... he's yeah, he's, he's, he's doing extra egg. That's that's TJ's favorite pad thai order. Always go extra egg. And then... Uh, but the problem with him, he's like, okay, you know, chicken, beef, no. Do you guys have, like, sausage? Let me do the sausage pad thai. <laughs> sausage. Sausage and peppers pad thai. Where, where's Ryan Adams from? Is he from the heartland of America? He's from North Carolina. He's from the South, oh, baby. Okay. Of course. Okay. So he would put funnel cake inside of the pad thai okay, okay. for a twisted little dessert. So he, okay. But I was thinking, I'm starting to see it all now. I was thinking about beverages lately. After the after, I don't know if you saw today that the the Mountain the the alcoholic Mountain Dew is hitting shelves. Hard Dew. Hard Dew, and that seems like something that. You know, you might want to explore. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, partly because you're a DJ and you need the crowd to turn up. Do you think maybe <laughs> is this the is this kind of the the uh, Gen Z uh, painted fingernails type beats version <laughs> of the classic? Are you talking about Sparks? I had a feeling you're going to go there. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I just did. Co- I just did Coke because Sparks made your mouth orange mm-hmm. which is disgusting to me yeah um i'm sure you you sip some sparks in your time though i have uh, a lot of sparks has gone into this temple that's for sure uh i don't even remember what it t- i mean it, it kind of i guess it just kind of tasted like red bull or something like that and you felt i imagine it felt like when vapes first came out and it was kind of unregulated and you can just kind of like you just walk into some whatever like hobby store and they had them there like that's what sparks was like like it should have been illegal, but they just didn't really get their shit together to ban it yet. And it was a special time. It was like experimenting with some some type of new drug that was still in clinical trials. But I mean, yeah, yeah. the Mountain Dew demographic and the I mean the Sparks demographic was truly for the people, you know, and anyone and everyone well, consumed I it. That, I think it was also a, a vice psyop. I mean, well, what's the difference between PSYOP and a marketing campaign? Exactly, Jason. And that's why that's why my third eye is fucking open right Well, that's now. that's why Vice people like you were so familiar with it. It was on your on your radar, but I think with with Sparks it was also just like, oh, here's like turned up alcohol with like seven Red Bulls in it and it costs a dollar. Um, yeah, everyone in America is going to get hooked on it. For, but, <laughs> yeah, but with Mountain Dew, like whatever, the hard Dew shit, like, there's many, like, vice people are going to look at that, and unless they're, like, truly nasty people or, like, you know, but, like, people who live in major metropolitan areas and have culture and life in their, in their world, they, they're, they're not really consuming Mountain Dew products unless it's for a goof or a prank or one of their tiktok skits that they're doing you know but it's not really they're not they're not reaching for it no that's a good point that's a good point they're not they're not giving this out with scion socks (laughs) is what you're saying which i i i understand there's not going to be free due from 10 to 11 (laughs) at the mgmt passion pit dj set at union pool that's not going to be happening well i mean that that well you know we can we should have um we should have friend of the show kirstie godso on because i know that she's a due fluence I don't think she's a big drinker. She can get us a big case. Maybe she can get us in the room with them. You know, if, if they got some marketing dollars laying around, we certainly know how to get it to the into the hearts and the mouths of today's youth.
mostly the underage drinking market. We can tap into that. If nothing, Jason knows more is how to get it into the mouth of the youth. That's kind of something I know you're you're focused on. Yeah, some people say I'm the mouth of the South, but no, <laughs> I'm the mouth of the mouth of the Yalth. Remind myself to edit that out, please. I think our I think our guest is probably consumed more sparks than both of us. I, I would I would I would venture to say, even though he's yeah, known, our, our, yeah, our guest today recorded his album on sparks. Yeah, he's more known, with sparks. Yeah, yeah, he's more known for chiefing. Um, but okay. I, I feel like the sparks could have happened. Uh, you you might know him as Nathan Williams. We call him Waves. Mm-hmm. He has been a part of the indie rock canon for canon. since I can remember in the 08, 09 era. He has a new album called Hideaway on our friends uh, Fat Possum. Put it out. Uh, just came out a couple weeks ago. Shorty got a fat possum. He's also a real estate mogul, much like you. We'll, we'll get into the investments and the holdings. Don't worry. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. and uh, Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are... So many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash how long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step (laughs) to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners, our listeners, 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long that's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert i'll just record the zoom it's fine i thought you had like a setup oh no no we thought you were like a recording artist that recorded vocals but yeah 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 i was under the impression that you made music for a little no i'm a real estate mogul guys (laughs) all right (laughs) just wanted to make sure i'm sorry that's our are you wearing are you wearing some of frank ocean's new homer jewelry around your neck right there or is that your own ice (laughs) no this is um a girl named liz jardim in uh in brooklyn new york makes these are you a big jewelry guy not a big jewelry guy i own a I own a couple of little pieces, mostly silver, but I have, I've got, I've got a few, I've got a few diamonds. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the bust down rolly looking like? What's the wrist look like? Just, uh, oh, okay. He's got, okay. He's got a little something. A little, All right. Yeah. I see a little, j- nothing. Yeah. You went and visited Ben Baller did the chain. I see what you did there. No, no. Ma- Mason, uh, Raksha. He's a guy in, uh, Toronto. I think my friend just wrote a story about him for the wall street journal. I think he did. Um, he did like a crazy piece for someone recently. Yeah. The, he like sort of like got popping because, um, he was making stuff. He did like the original, like Kanye, just like regular rose gold pendant stuff. And then he did like Jay Balvin's these like pretty cool earrings that are like green emerald. He's like, very artistic his shit is like very sick Mm. most of the jewelry i see online is i think is sort of silly but some of his stuff is cool well i gotta go uh, visit the wall street journal to check out this cool uh, urban jewelry Uh, that's my (laughs) favorite source for that kind of stuff and for listeners at home you you the the bracelet that you're showing off it's an audio only podcast so it appears to be a gold kind of cuban link tennis bracelet and when when you move it around it does shine and twinkle because of all the diamonds in it is that correct that is exactly i think that's exactly correct yes all yes right. <laughs> i think that's what was in it was in the description that's i said twinkles and shines yeah, yeah, yeah. give me that give me that let me get that where are, are you in you're in la right now i feel like because you're outside drinking a cold brew uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm in uh, san diego close bro what the fuck do you live there yeah i live in my uh parents laundry room i don't i don't believe a real estate mogul would maybe do that just to keep his holdings kind of on the market but i'm do you, do you think you earn more ethereum by spending your money on rent chris <laughs> well with the 1559 update it's burning more ethereum now and so it's going to make it uh, a proper holding so okay I, w- I would just keep into that actually okay well we're gonna we'll get into some crypto stuff later on once the once the ice has broken don't worry <laughs> Are you I'm going to be hitting you, up, hitting you up for some tips. We're not crypto boys whatsoever. We did sell an NFT earlier this year. So we do own a small amount in our digital wallet. And, you know, it's it's just our it's our nest egg. The NFT haunts me because it was embarrassing to participate in that culture because it's dork <laughs> shit. But there is a lot of money to be made, which is cool. Especially now. I mean, some of these things are like really silly. I still think the space is uh, embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is <laughs> there is a huge upside though in the future. I think for the artist and now I, I see an upside for people that are investing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but some of the stuff, the stuff that's popular right now, are like these like crypto punks, which are just like digitized little. They look like just you know Nintendo characters. Content- I just yeah, saw yeah. one in my Twitter feed that sold for half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know. It's fucked up. Probably money yeah. laundering of some sort, but now now we're talking. <laughs> now now you got Okay, me my dick's hard again. So you you were you were saying that like that's the type of investment that in the in the long run in the future will pay off. How far are we talking because, you know, you know, if we, let's say we got a few ETH coins laying around, it's only worth, you know, whatever, 5-6 grand. You know, when is that going to turn into the down payment, you know what I'm saying? I mean, to to be quite honest, I, I don't I really only have a couple of hundred dollars in in my bank account. I don't I don't see a huge monetary value in fiat cash right now. And I know this is starting to like sort of like jump down the the crypto rabbit hole, but not really. I mean, I mean, are like, we talking about checking and savings combined? What's going on here, Chief? I, I don't I don't <laughs> even I don't even have a savings account anymore. So it's all it's all crypto. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Are you saying are you coming out as broke on how long gone? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I I don't see the upside right um, in in the financial banking system. It, it's it. Anytime I make any type of money, say I get a sink or 
money from a record deal or whatever it is, I immediately invest it into something, whether that is, you know, in the past has been um, some sort of real estate or property. We've, we've read, we've read, whether that. it's a startup company. Yeah. Um, I invested in a company called um, St. Archer, which is a beer company that sold to Coors Light or the Anheuser-Busch rather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we know that did. Yeah. I see you guys doing little numbers with your little IPA. That shit patent the Cone Big Arsene. The IPA, like IPO. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually a St. Archer Stan. So good on you. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's very good. Shout out to St. Archer and shout out to uh, Anheuser-Busch as well. <laughs> Do not shout out Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> I feel like you fit right at home on this podcast a little too much so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, this is making, this is making me uncomfortable. So you're saying you're saying basically your approach to life is hold you're cash poor. I'm cash poor. You're cash poor and you're fine. You can live like that. So your debit card could like get declined at Whole Foods. Yeah. And it has. I mean, I don't even own a car anymore. Damn, this is okay. This is so, this is <laughs> extremely fascinating. And I so so you are living off the grid by living when you said you live in your parents' laundry room in San Diego, this was not a joke. This is not a drill. No, no, I'll send you a picture of it. I, I'm I I'm serious. I sleep on a uh, twin mattress on the floor in the laundry room. Okay, so bec- and you're doing this simply for the the reason that you know spending your money on all these other you know frivolous things is, is a waste when you can just be investing all of that and you have no problem living at home with your parents for the time being. Obviously, this is not going to be a forever scenario, unless I'm wrong. No, no, no you're right. Uh, yeah, so it, it basically, I sort of had a uh, like come-to-God moment during the, the beginning of the shutdown with COVID, mm-hmm. and uh, touring stopping, and um, a realization that you know I, pro- I probably wouldn't be able to make uh, money, um, at least in the touring aspect, which is the bulk of a lot of musicians' money, right? Yeah. Um, for the rest of my life, getting older. And I, I had a pain in my back. I, I ended up going to the doctor because I, I run a lot. And I have um, Let's go. six herniated discs in my back. I have something called uh, degenerative. Six? Yeah, I have something called degenerative disc disease. Wow. And I'd already done a pretty good job of investing throughout my career. But I, I wasn't as frugal as I probably could have been. I spent my twenties, you know, when I made money, I bought things that I could have, I felt like I could afford and they were nice. And what kind of stuff are we talking about? That bracelet I showed you earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, diamond, diamond bracelets, (laughs) diamond bracelets. But that's, I feel like, I feel like the diamond bracelet is not, I mean, I spent my money on cocaine. I feel like a diamond bracelet, at least you see a wise investor return if you want to, you know what I mean? You could, you could at least sell it if you had to. Yeah, it's true. Well, now gold is down. So (laughs) now wouldn't be the time to sell that, but another, another waves investing tip for you guys free of charge. We're bullish on silver right now. Is that correct? We're not, we're we're not (laughs) necessarily bullish on, on any sort of hard uh, metals right now. Silver and gold Mm -hmm. are, are both, down i think gold more than silver i'm not entirely sure some people attribute that to the jump in uh, bitcoin but i don't you know sure i'm not a fi- i'm not a financial advisor <sighs> no you you sure do act like one <laughs> um but so you good enough for us yeah we're dumb so you basically it's covid the tour is canceled yeah your back hurts and you're like what what am i doing with my life is that is that what yeah we're i'm about? old I'm not going to be able to tour forever. The dream is done. I'm dying on the inside. Fuck yeah, fest got canceled. What do we, you know, like there's only so much revenue. This is all I can There's take. only so it's much revenue take. that could come in realistically, which is, you know, honestly, you you having that come to come to God moment, you know, in your 30s versus, you know, in your 50s or 60s, you know, there's people that just once you once you kind of tap out, it's like the hardest decision of your entire life. Obviously, you're not tapping out. You're going on a on a tour, you know, later on this year. So that's great. But still, you know, you you get one or two sinks by doing jack shit, and you're going to make more money than your entire tour. And you're old, and your fucking back's hurting, and you're like, I don't want to fucking, you know, hang out in Tallahassee this this week. I could be playing Call of Duty at my mom's house. Hopefully, not at my mom's house for forever. <laughs> but I think the more the idea of of being frugal in a time where I can be right. Like I don't, there's no real need for me to be spending loads of money right now on, on stuff that I I don't need. And I don't mind living frugally. Yeah. I I don't mind it right now. Like maybe it was something more of like a, a sort of a flex situation that, you know, I'm on 
Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on the cover of a magazine. I play music. This is the lifestyle. It, it was sort of an ego boost. And, and mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's a part of getting older where it's just like that. It does. It doesn't matter as much anymore. You have, you have less to prove once you've already done all this shit. Yes. You know, I've been doing this now for what, 12 years mm -hmm. and I've seen people think, Oh, I got signed to Warner brothers. Uh, we made it. We did it. We made it. And then two years later, nobody gives a shit about their band anymore. And, you know, they're having arguments with the singer and the drummer don't like each other. And they have, you know, a six way split on, <laughs> uh, on, you know, one record advance that they got that they never pay back. And then they, you know, it's a 360 and they're not making any money off of their merch. And they didn't, yeah, you're coming, you're coming for beach fossils hard. And I like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> dude, beach, fuck those guys. Dude, beach fossils. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, we we did a co-headline tour with them and love beach fossils they just murdered every single night just just total killers I, well i do think though that you're right i think that these like uh, i would assume that young people that are are trying to get a record deal at this stage would understand that that is not life-changing like it once was but because of the terms and because of the society we live in but I guess that may not be the case all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely there's a little more transparency because of the way of the internet and how there's, you can just see so much more, so much of our lives, so much more of our lives is broadcast on the internet. Now people, you know, that's just where everything is. I think people are more, the artists especially have spoken about how they don't necessarily want to get locked into labels and how they take the majority of your money. And isn't it cool? Putting out records independently is nerd shit, bro. <laughs> Being on Columbia is fire. <laughs> I want to go, I want to go to the Sony building and go upstairs and eat sushi with the president. I don't Yeah, I mean, Chris, but the, the, the problem is now when you go eat sushi with the president, Somebody is like, oh, by the way, make sure we put that on their tab, and they have to pay yep. that back. On <laughs> yeah, they gotta pay that back. Like, you have to, you have to sell thirty-five hoodies to pay this dinner back, and we have, and we're, <laughs> we're keeping, we have a better accountants than you do, believe it or not. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course that, of course that's true. But I do, I find, I mean, because you're, you're on, you're on Fat Possum, you're not independent, so you still find the need for a record. You still see the, the, the value in that. I do. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Uh, co-release but they do everything so they just basically let me put ghost ramp on it mm -hmm. uh, uh but yeah i mean fat possum is uh again it's people that i've known for over a decade now and i i did put the last record out before this uh completely independently and it is it's a pain in the ass i mean it there is part of like the label structure and getting in there and getting certain things done that's just it's almost impossible to do as an independent label now people are starting to like get better at that i think that the work that a record label does is shit that no one wants to do yeah it's kind of the reality like I don't want, I don't think you want to be negotiating distribution terms and like, you know, sh it's boring. Yeah. No, I don't want to do any of that. So paying like a little bit of a premium to like take that off my mind. Did you ever put a record out on a major? Yeah, I did too. Uh, Warner Brothers. Okay. So I, I would never have to even bother, you know, sending records out to um, a major label after my, my stint with Warner Brothers. I think I ruined my reputation enough there. <laughs> I was super hard to deal with for them. Is that because is that because you were just young and successful and in your bag, like being a dickhead, or was it justified? Uh, it was justified on a few things. They were just all over the place, and I think they were going. They were sort of like furloughing quite a bit of their the people that were working there. I mean, I think we had like four or five different point men on on a single record cycle because they would just either get reassigned to something or fired or whatever it was. It was just like a madhouse. Nobody knew what was going on. The advance was insane. Let's go. We're, we're copping buildings, dog. We're caught. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Let's go. So the, the money was, it was a money grab. And then in the end, it was it worth it. I don't know. Maybe probably was, but uh, <laughs> the time there was like not very, it wasn't good for either. And once they got a chance, once the, uh, they got a chance to sort of cut ties with us. They were like, yeah, we, we don't want to put out another record. And so we were like, all right, great. Yeah, a lot of people uh, work their whole lives to try to get out of a contract. All you had to do is wake up one day. I didn't need lawyers or anything to get involved. They were like, just... But you have a, you have a, you have a manager, right? <laughs> I had a manager. 
Um, no, I, I still talk to my old, my, my old manager's name was, is Jonathan Daniels and he runs crush management. Oh, I know. That's my dog. Yeah. My old, that's uh, my OG. Right so there. Jonathan okay. is like one of the that. few honest, great people in the music. Uh, the only, the only guy, the only music manager to ever do Mark Marin. I, I think that that is his. That might be his claim to fame. He could go. He could. He could die with that one. He's known Mark. I mean, he's told me stories about him and Mark hanging out before that. Yeah, I could never. Well, I mean, Mark has <laughs> got into some of this stuff, but um, yeah, he's he's a real OG. Um, and right now, I really just need somebody to like go through my like email inbox mm-hmm. and that's sort of it. So I have a, uh, you were talking about Patrick North earlier. I forgot Patrick North works at that possum, but my manager is Patrick McDermott mm-hmm. who I'm sure one of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely know. Yeah. We, I know him through um, Tom how to dress well. And my brother's really good friends with them. They're, they're all into bas- basketball. Right, and right. Shit. I know Phoebe as well. So um, yeah, he um, helped me run the label and uh, like sort of manages some of my. He just is like a, a sort of intermediator between like my mm-hmm. inner psychosis and dealing with other people. That so are you are you paying him? Are you paying him money, or is is he is he only paid in no. Bitcoin <laughs> and rent? Like, how does it work? How does it work? He gets, over there? He, he, he gets silver like, bars put into his, yeah, yeah. his bond account. He's got a, I don't know if he'd be okay, but he's got ETH. He, I know he's got quite a bit of ETH, actually. He was an early buyer. I think he got into ETH around like two or 300 a pop. Damn, you know, man. and I think today, what did ETH, ETH hit? 3260 mm-hmm. I think something like that. Yeah. Damn, so man my man is my man is going through emails with one hand and using his <laughs> money counter with the other. I like that. That's fire. He's got a lot of uh things going. He also manages because the majority of Ghost Ramp my label, the more, majority of the stuff that we were putting out was um video game soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up facilitating a lot of that cuz he was talking to guys in that world and then they ended up needing managers and so he manages a lot of those guys now are, are you saying this are you saying this man manages gamers people that write music they do original soundtracks people, people in the world in the world okay i understand i understand okay okay and, and has the has the video game soundtrack thing is that is that very financially successful because that's a sounds like a smart niche some of them are insanely successful it's something that people don't talk about and and most people won't cover you know like the spin magazines or the pitchforks or rolling stones or whatever, like they would be like, oh, what, oh, what is this now? And then they'll talk about it in a couple of years. Like they discovered it, but um, <laughs> it, it's, it's huge among gamers, right? Like, you know, these guys have 50 million streams on every single song that they put out and mm. the community is rabid about it. Like they're insane. So you're saying that these guys, so you're saying these guys make this, they basically make music exclusively for video games or, or they're putting out records and other stuff as well. It's a case by case basis, but some of them, I know you got one of you guys is a gamer a bit, I think, but no, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And don't ever say that again. Chris, Chris is very anti-gamer. I'm, I'm not a gamer, but I'm, I'm much more familiar not, with the world than are you. Is. You're anti-gamer. Chris, why I'm are you not anti because it's dork shit, but if you can make money, I'm with it. I mean, that's the thing. If anybody's making bread, then I get it. Well, I mean, when it when it comes to soundtracks, like, you know, the amount of films that are turning a profit nowadays versus video games, it's just like, it's, it's no wonder, you know? Good point. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, take, this takes me back, and I'm sure this, Nathan, this is the same for you. Like, I'm sure there's been wave songs in, like, Madden 09 <laughs> that fucking the check was huge, you know? It's no different than that. Well, Grand Theft Auto 5, which is, you know, this, there we go. ostensibly <laughs> the biggest video game in the world, right? Is um, Oh, excuse me, dog. Excuse me. There's oh, flex I, all no, over us. No, it's no shit. I get it. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, I, I had a, a radio station on there, and I composed a few songs for the um, what a dream. game as well. That's sort of the top of the top, right? Yeah. These guys, what they were doing is there there was a dev who somebody who was making the actual mechanics uh, and art for the game. And it would be like, you know, a lot of times it'd be a one man team and they would just need music for it. And they'd say, hey, will you do, will you write the music for this whole thing? It'd be a two man project and the game took off and, you know, it'd be like almost maybe like a, 2d side scroller like a contra style Mm -hmm. thing or whatever and it takes off and it makes you you know it's a 
10, $20 million thing and you're splitting it two ways. <laughs> so <clears throat> for yeah, a team, a Shit. team of okay. two, it's just like being a DJ versus being in a band. You get to split the money with all of your friends, AKA zero. Yeah. And no equipment and no, it's just smart business. I knew video games were real. When I read that story about the guy dying for sitting too long, cause he couldn't <laughs> stop playing. I'm like, damn, that's, that sounds that sounds like something I should maybe put some money into because if, if you're willing to die for it, then then that's hitting different for me. Well, there's like now with the, you know these open worlds and you know the start of it sort of was I guess World of Warcraft with being able to start to exchange goods and services um, mm-hmm. for money in game. That's where we sort of I guess tie back into why I see a future. And, and profit in NFTs because really they're just skins, right? So skins and games are just different clothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So skins and games are things that people just spend money on because they want their Call of Duty player to look cooler. They can have the... It's a status symbol. I, I killed enough people. I got enough money. So now I have a pink camo gun. Right. And now with NFTs, if you're playing Sims or whatever, you can put these NFTs on the wall in your Sims house, which sounds so stupid or whatever, but I, I was, my G, this is <laughs> I, I, I can't look like I want my Call of Duty player to be wearing the Donda vest as much as you do, <laughs> but I, I, I am. This is just like this is some incel shit. Like this is spending too much time in Chris. The, this this is the this is the world that we're living in now. You have to get down or lay down. You you're sounding like an old head. I'm laying down. I'm I'm laying down. Nathan could run me over with his car because I'm laying down. <laughs> Chris, I have no I, car. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Call an Uber to kill me. Call an Uber to kill me. I just no no. I I understand the profitability. I understand this is the future, et cetera, et cetera. But I also think that. I hopefully will be dead before this really takes over and I have no choice. I'm 38. I feel like I'm pretty close. I've done a lot of damage to my body. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think I'll be dead before I have to participate or do you think I'm going to have to participate? I think probably sooner than later, honestly. I, and, and I was, uh, when people started doing the NFT thing, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to wait for them and, and watch this fail. And that's just not what it's not what's happening. I mean, Jason twisted my extremely buff arm into doing an NFT and I was not with it. But the concept was funny and I'm happy we did it. Like it was a fun thing to do and we did it early enough where it's not totally embarrassing. Right. It does. It didn't it didn't spark my interest in following like nothing could get me into cryptocurrencies because it's too it's just, I don't understand. Like, I don't think I have the capacity to fully process and keep up with it. I think most people that are even sort of deep into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or whatever the field may be in the sort of like digital uh, asset landscape, I think most of them don't really understand it either. I think they, the majority of people, I'd say even, you know, 80%, something like that, don't really understand anything besides this is at this number right now that I bought it at. And I think that it'll be this much higher eventually and I can make money. Sure. And if that's all it is, sure. then that's fine. But I'm by nature very curious about stuff like this, even just in sort of the business aspect, but also economic and socioeconomic things with uh, cryptocurrency uh, and the banking system is really interesting. What do your parents think about your off the grid lifestyle? Are they like this kid, this guy's a fucking nut job. I thought you played guitar. <laughs> I think they were like really proud when they're like, Oh my God, he really made it. Like he's a famous musician. They met because they were in a band together. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, uh, Jonathan Daniels, who we were talking about, he booked their band at the Troubadour in like the seventies. So, well, this is very sick. What kind of music did they play? Disco-y coke, coke disco stuff oh yeah nice very cool and are they in the are they in music now is that what they do for a living my mom is a uh third grade music teacher and my dad is uh, a college professor my brother teaches music as well my sister is a teacher everybody in my family is a teacher and you teach us about investing yeah <laughs> yeah you're a teacher too okay bro don't sell yourself short i'm definitely not a teacher <laughs> also a question i have is because you're so interested in this stuff and i'm sure it's out in the world in some ways are are your do you see like your fans into this stuff as well is that like a part of the the waves world now or is it two separate things no no anytime i post about anything business or if i or if somebody mentions anything about me owning property or whatever people people get mm-hmm 
uh, very upset. Look, the owning property thing is gold. <laughs> it's so sick. It's so sick. It's so it's so good. And I can I cannot believe that people don't understand like that's what everyone does. It's like mind blowing. Yeah, I, I don't, and I haven't even like said before, but like I have six partners in this thing. They're all producers and musicians. Well, we can name, we can, we can say their names here if you want. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fine. We're we're open to that. Here. No, we're not. We're not going to. Mark do Ronson, Hit Boy, <laughs> Metro Boomin. It wasn't like something that came about from nowhere. When I so I did a tour years ago. I had a friend that knew Jizza, and I talked to him one night at a party, and Jizza was like yo, you should uh, play guitar for me. I'm going to go do this uh, Liquid Swords reunion tour. Fuck? I know. Whoa. And uh, we did this like, you know, five week tour of Liquid Swords and Killer Mike was on the bus as well. And he opened and uh, I met him there. And we talked about owning property and businesses every single day. And both of us ended up getting into property. I mean, he owns a ton of property in Atlanta. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with Killer Mike's barber shop. Don't 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 think we're sleeping on that. Oh yeah, but he's he's deep into multifamilies. That's that's his mm. his other thing. Damn. Now now you're using now you're using inside baseball terminology. So you need to explain to our listeners what a multifamily is, please. Uh, multifamily homes are basically apartment buildings that aren't 20, 30 apartments at a time. A multifamily home would be like yeah, triplex and duplex, and then there's a quad, and then after a quad would be like a multifamily home. So it says like five to mm-hmm. fifteen apartments. Okay, so you're all right. So you're you're on the bus hitting the volcano with Killer Mike and Jizza, <laughs> and they're like, "Bro, you need to start copying property." And you took so you came back to LA and were like, "Yo, they told me to do this. I got to do it." You rounded up some of your homies. And you did it. Uh, no, I sort of forgot about it. And then I was recording and one of the producers was talking about every time he would get a producing gig that he didn't want to take for a pop artist, he would just put in the two weeks, do the album, and then he would take it and he would and he would buy property. And he would say that's how he made it worthwhile to himself. Because he, was, he was like, this is dirty. This is dirty money. I got to put it back into dirty money. I can't spend it all. <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, I can't spend it on a chain. I gotta. I have to spend it in yeah. a dirty game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I ended up getting interested in some of the stuff, and and also sort of interested still in commercial real estate and mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And you know, now I'm. I like uh, small business stuff. Uh, bur- <laughs> you know, burgers, pop up, that type of thing is interesting. What are you talking about, burgers? What the fuck you mean? You are you you're, you got a, you got a couple five guys in the portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not per, I'm not a five guys guy. I'm not one of the five guys. Same, same. Person. What you, what's your number one burger then? Because this is something Jason loves to talk about. Yeah, aren't you a burger lords man? Right. Um, yeah, well, I'm friends with the burger lords guys, but yeah, I like I like I, I do enjoy a burger, of course. Um, I love burger lords. Right when they were next, they were next door to us in Chinatown, so we ended up over there quite often. Um, my favorite burger in LA. Uh, my favorite burger in LA is yellow paper. I think that's the top of the top right now. Haven't tried that, but I'm I'm familiar with What's it. What's that? I don't know. I ain't ever heard of that little shit. Where is it? <laughs> yellow paper burger. They're they're super new. They've they're doing a lot of pop ups at Waltz Bar and Glendale Tap, mm-hmm. similar to like a Love Hour or a Burgers Never Say Die kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also do like uh, these sort of like meat pies, and they have like some other stuff that's just it's just insane it's so good yeah i've heard nothing but good about um and i am I'm, I'm also fucking with waltz I'm a, I'm a waltz head i'm a waltz boy too yeah it used to be down the street what is what is waltz i'm sorry i'm not familiar waltz is a uh like a beer and wine bar that has a bunch of pinball machines in uh, eagle rock oh yeah i'm not making it <laughs> to eagle rock okay uh well uh, I well, so what you're saying? You're doing burger pop ups yourself? Sorry, are you in, are you investing in no. in some small businesses? No, it's just something that interests me. I, I I'm I'm interested in it, and if I make money, when I make money, like I said, I don't like to really keep it in a bank anymore. So w- that would be something that would interest me to like get into. Okay, we'll send our we'll send our how long gone burgers deck <laughs> over after we finish this call. We'll have you take we'll have you not take just burgers. Time. I mean, I'm like. I thought that was just like sort of a regular dream. Like wouldn't everybody, I mean, I love eating. Like it's my, my favorite thing to do is like mm-hmm. have like a beer or wine and like an amazing meal. Like I always wanted to own a restaurant and I don't think that is owning a restaurant is like smart. No, 
No, I don't. But it was. It, but it's not. still like would be very fun. Yeah, it's it's a it's a common dream for almost anyone because everyone goes into a restaurant and they're like, you know what? If I had my own restaurant, it'd be like this, this, and this, and I wouldn't do it this way. I do it that way. Obviously, it's very hard. But you know, thank God you're a runner as a, as a lover of of eating. Yeah. But uh, you know, I th- I think one one time down the line, once you're settling down and you're living comfortably, you can open up that little rib shack or whatever you got your your heart set on. Thank you. Uh, so this is this is so positive. I love the positivity. We try. What's the well? Let's get well. We can. Don't worry. We'll turn it to negative. What's, um, what's the what's the running looking like? What's the routine looking like? We this is a big. This is a fitness forward podcast. Okay. So so. Um, I was doing pre and post herniated discs, of course. Okay. So pre, well, the, the doctor said that I'd probably have herniated. I'd had the herniated discs for years and, um, just untreated, uh, got worse and worse. Damn. Did you ever, did you ever get addicted to Oxycontin or did you just thug it out? Um, no, uh, well, no, uh, but I, <laughs> When you say addicted, what do you mean exactly? Because I, I have, I, I, I like to have a little fun with it, but I think I've got it under control. Was I like taking like the amount of pills as like SoundCloud rappers? No, but was I taking too many? Probably was. Mm-hmm. I uh, started the Pandy Wandy. I was probably doing like well, a half marathon every month, and then in between that, I would do you know a three to five, and then I would do a ten k. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Damn, and. Bro something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I had like a Strava, I had this Strava app and I was using that regularly so I could keep track and like try and Shout out to Strava. do more and more. People love, people love Strava. Are you, cause you strike me as a data cat. So you want to see all the numbers. You want to see the time, the calories, the splits. But he doesn't want, yeah. he doesn't feel the need to share the screenshot on his Instagram stories every afternoon, though. Oh, uh, I have, I have. But, uh, but, ah, <laughs> uh, come on, waves. Mostly I do close friends because that when you, it like shows you where you are running. And then I got like, uh, this is weird. I don't want people to. You're like, oh, I know where your house is. Somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I'm, damn. I don't. Waves got stalkers, bro. That's why he had to start running. He had to run away from all these stalkers. Yeah, yeah. Somebody showed up at my house once. Was it a chick, though? No, no, it wasn't. It was a fella. It was a fella. It was a young fella, and he just wanted me to sign something. And I, I politely told him, "This is this is not." This is not it, boss. At least buy me dinner first is what you said. That is what I said. I signed this thing. But so that was, yeah. So I was running quite a bit. Um, now I'll do three miles, maybe two times a week. Um, so I'm right now I'm waiting to get these uh, ESI shots, which are like epidural steroid injections into my back, which are supposed to alleviate some of the pain and uh, make sure the discs don't compress and start to mm-hmm. uh, push on my nerves. He seemed to have hit the local Nike outlet in San Diego <laughs> to pop his workout gear, so he's ready to go. I used to have the, the I had the Nike plug. The guy at Nike was a Waves fan. Was his name Tim? It wasn't Tim, no. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not, he doesn't work there anymore. Shout out, Seth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, I'm, maybe he listens. But uh, he helped run the um, the box at Staples Center, so he'd give me tic- tickets oh. to uh, Clippers games and all sorts of stuff and tons of Nike gear. And uh, sadly he doesn't work there anymore. So when I would go to Clippers games, it was in the box. It was me and whoever I wanted to bring and nobody else. <laughs> and then uh, I asked to go to uh Clippers Lakers game because they were playing at Staples and uh, there was no room for me. Yeah. I did, I wasn't high enough on the totem pole. There was Snoop Dogg. And- Clippers tickets hit a little different than they did f- five years ago. That's for sure. They do. Yeah. With Kawhi and uh, everybody now. So many interests. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's hard for us to even keep up. My man is spread so thin. I don't know. Do you have time to watch TV? You know what I mean? Or are you just, you just on your grussel all the time? I watch a lot of TV. Uh, I watch a, a ton of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like I I like to inundate myself with information. So even when I'm running, I'm you know I'm listening to music or a podcast or whatever it is. All right, all right, Tim Ferriss. All right, Tim. No, Ferriss, calm no. Down. People okay. talk about him every once in a while, and I I was like, what is the Tim Ferriss deal? And so I listened to Tim Ferriss. I was like, this is like not for me <laughs> at all. Like this is a little too. Good to know. This is a little too positive, even for me. <laughs> no, I. So right now I'm doing a thing with uh, my brother. We have this thing called Sweet Valley, and we are making. We have a Patreon where we make a song 
for every episode of Sopranos uh, out of the either the songs in the Soprano in the episode or sound bites or whatever. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? So you're saying to me, you, Tony gives some bars and you guys flip that into a song and then you charge people for it? Uh, so, I mean, well, you've seen the Sopranos now. Unfortunately, yes. I'm, I think our culture's obsession with the Sopranos is a little annoying, but yes, it's a classic. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Just to let you know, I, I like the Sopranos. Yeah, it's the greatest uh, television show of all time. That's okay, but I I don't know. Uh, I mean, you've you've seen The West Wing. No. <laughs> well, then we have a problem. Maybe your next show that you write songs about could be The West. You know, West Wing, Wing won over Sopranos multiple times, season one to season four, so ninety nine to mm-hmm. two thousand three. West there's Wing. A re- there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. It's not the corrupt voting board. It's it's Marty Sheen. It's well, look, Martin. Um, Check the sound scan waves. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, call Spectrum. They'll give you the numbers. <laughs> Spectrum? That, your 38 is showing. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know you steal content from other artists. We know that you're streaming illegally. Yeah. You, you, you tell me your I mean. mom doesn't have cable? How, how else are we watching the MSNBC, bro? No, it's, I think it's like probably Cox here. So, yes, it's we're on there. We're a Cox household. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I guess just yes. I'm, I'm, I'm super deep into mostly television. I don't watch as as many movies as i i once did but Mm. um before we get into that i want to dig deeper on what exactly you're doing because i you know i i do love a remix i do love you know mixed media working with other stuff but like so like give us an example of what you would do let's say we have name an episode what happens and what you would do to that to create a song out of it yeah yeah Okay. Paint the picture. Okay, so we can start with the pilot then. Forget about it. Pilot, and I would watch through the pilot, and then I would timestamp everything that I think could be chopped or flipped. Mm -hmm. And then we would record those certain parts. We would take them out of the show, whether it be musical or a talking sample or Mm. the noise of a car backfiring or Mm. somebody shouting, whatever it is. So so just any type of whatever field recording that's going on on the sopranos it could be a song it could be dialogue it could be the sound of a car accident anything and you'll sample that Mm -hmm. and you'll just build a library of samples and make a song out of that yeah and then we crazy show you how we chop and flip them and what we do to each one whether we pitch shift it or whatever like a lot of the stuff that we end up using is any scene where they're at the bottom being there's always a sort of like Mm -hmm. nostalgic 90s trashy grunge song that the girls are dancing to mm-hmm. and so if we can I'm get back. In, i'm back now there we back. go <laughs> so if we can get into like you know something like that and then we can start to flip that and then sort of put like a chicago house feel to it and then make <laughs> it into a song and whatever happens happens it, i mean sometimes it's like it's bizarre what comes out but sometimes it's like audio abortion and sometimes some some real magic is probably stumbled upon i'm assuming yeah i i don't i don't know i just it's just something to do i don't mean i don't say audio abortion as a pejorative by the way that's it's not necessarily a bad thing but i mean it, it sounds like an amazing fun activity to do Balance. and the fact that you're able to you know make a little monetization on it is even cooler well, I guess one question. Yeah. Since you are charging money for it, where does that sit in the legal ramifications? Uh, not anywhere near on HBO's radar because it's you know I think we have like you know twenty five subscribers. Like it's not it's not anything. Okay. It's like okay. a <laughs> I would don't want to say like passion project or right, something right, like right, that, right. but it's like just something like one night I was really stoned watching it. And I was like, man, this like. Sopranos really sort of opened the door for TV shows. Like there's so much music and there are so many episodes. It's just, let's, I'd never done a Patreon before. Let's just like do it for fun. No, I mean, it's, I mean, I know, I know people that will do that of just like screen grabs of that kind of stuff. And like, here's just like a hundred images that you can like put on your Tumblr or use for your aesthetic mood boards for your creative agency or something like that. So people do that for Patreon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people will just like, hey, like every month I'm going to like, here's a hundred images that I curated because I'm really good at curating images from the internet. Like wild. Re- I mean, some of his like wild reference, like these people are buying shit on eBay and scanning it. You know what I mean? So you're basically selling somebody like a personality or an aesthetic. Exactly. Well, or it's like or it's like people who actually do this for a living and they're like, look, I don't 
have like I have I subscribe to three of these and do this myself so I can have as much at my fingertips as possible. Or, or I could or I could create a Tumblr and put it all up there for free. Or I could you know and and build up a little client base and a following, and then I'll be like, if you guys want the real good stuff, hit hit the Patreon. Hit the hit the patty. Wow. Just just like any anything on Patreon, you know. Yeah. Podcast or whatever, you know. Is this podcast on Patreon? It is not. No, absolutely not. We are I'm anti Patreon. But but you guys are touring with it, right? Yeah, we're touring and we have ads obviously and like merch. That's it. Yeah. That's the go. way we monetize. We, yeah, we monetize uh-huh. in every other way other than Patreon. It's an ongoing <laughs> saga, but I think I'm anti Patreon. Now for our Manscaped <laughs> ad. Uh... Okay, you get it. You get it. You get it. Yeah, well, it's more that I just don't want to limit the amount of people that could hear it. That's really what. Do you, it is. Yeah. Do you know That's how much the it costs to listen to a podcast that has a Manscaped ad? Zero dollars, baby. It's the people that double dip exactly. for shame. That's what I say. When you're Patreon and you have ads, come on, guys. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, this is your field. You're teaching me now. Well, that's it. I was going to ask you how much weed you're smoking, but then you told me about your Patreon with the, with the Sopranos <laughs> thing and the ant kind of kind of answered itself. But if you have any if you have any update, are you not in the cannabis space? Are you not invested besides your personal stash? Let's talk about your flower portfolio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not in the the weed game. Which mm-hmm. I mean, aside from you know, I. Uh, so I, you know, I made basically every like weed paraphernalia thing, rolling papers and all that, but I, I never did a, a strain. But what about, what about your day-to-day consumption? How much are we, are we chiefing? What is our favorite method of delivery into your brain? I smoke like twice a week. Damn. He waves has calmed down in his old age. You a damn pussy. <laughs> I, know, I know it's it's, it's upsetting. Um, okay, twice a week we a we a blunt man, we a one hitter, water pipe, gravity bong. What's good? No, I'll go, I like go to the beach and smoke a joint and swim or something. That's cool. Maybe like Ideal. if I have trouble sleeping, um, then I have these like tabs, these little uh, tincture things mm-hmm. that uh, help with sleep. Do your parents be smoking too? They're both teachers, so I'm not. I don't want to. Whether whether it's a yes or a no, it's a no comment. I understand. Yeah, you've been you've been doing press for a long time. You know how this works, bro. I, I have. It's true. Sadly, uh, I know I know a little bit about it now. I think it's taken off of YouTube, but there was this video I did um, an interview on acid at uh, Lollapalooza one year, and it was labeled the worst interview ever. And it was the guy's first time interviewing anybody. And I couldn't stop moving the coffee table. And I was like, what's wrong with the table? And the guy was like trying to get my attention. And it really is. It's one of the worst interviews ever. So after that, I tried. To, I, that was a sobering, sobering moment. It was a great interview, I think. It was one of my best. Well, speaking of live shows, so you, you haven't been on tour in what, a couple of years? The last show we played, we played two New Year's Eve. I think, when did we shut down? February of 2020? So, yeah, February, March. Some of us did. I was more of an April guy uh, myself. <laughs> Late bloomer. Some people went. Late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I waited for others to go first, you know. Yeah. It's been, it's been a, a while for sure. And you, and you have, uh, you're, you're going to go on tour like right around the same time that we're going on tour, like August, I mean, sorry, October, November. Yeah. October. And then I think we get back like November 25th or whenever, like Thanksgiving ish, I think. Yeah. We're like, we're going, this is our first tour. We're only doing 10 cities and you are doing five cities in florida alone so the scale <laughs> the scale is a little bit different can you give us some touring tips like obviously you know you you don't have trouble when you're playing in la or new york you know those are kind of like markets that are always going to work out but when you're you know when you we're over here in tallahassee or you know wherever these kind of smaller markets are you know give it we need some tips not only on how to sell those tickets but how to just you know keep the mental health going in these tertiary markets yeah if the crowd if the crowd's a little light you know i'm staying at the four seasons jason's staying at the best western there's a little bit of friction already <laughs> sure. so if you could just kind of yeah i'm sure you've dealt with that as the as the singer songwriter yeah, yeah. You, do you have your own bus do you have your own bus <laughs> or how does that work for you um, we don't tour in a bus because it's not doesn't makes a lot of sense to waste the money. It's like nine grand a week. I don't think people realize how insanely expensive it is. It's it's like 
not really worth it. I mean, it is and it isn't. It depends on who you are and what you want out of the whole experience. Yeah, if you want to make money, then it's really not worth it. <laughs> so what do you what are you guys getting the 15 pass and just fucking thug it out? I'm not going that crazy, but we just we go in a sprinter. Okay. That's cool. Somewhere in between, but it's comfortable, it's nice and everybody gets along. So it, we don't have any like real crazy group dynamics like we you know, we did a tour where we started uh, every morning drive with a 16 minute loop of Tim Allen doing the home improvement grunt and everybody just clapped through it and laughed hysterically. <laughs> oh, Everybody's a weirdo. So we, it's fine for us. Now, if we brought somebody new along, like it might, mm-hmm. that might be a little bit weird, but we're pretty fine being together. So wait, yours is a month long. Yeah. We're doing it more stand up style where it's like fly in, fly out three days, four days, you know? Oh, so you're flying everywhere. Big Hollywood guys over here. Well, that's kind of the vibe we're trying to put out there. Are you flying on the, on the PJ or what? Uh, Jack Jaguar, unfortunately does not have a PJ. Um, for some of the shows, but I mean, not for all of them. We're not crazy. <laughs> what, what is the smallest, what's the smallest city you're playing? Denver, I would say. Oh, you guys. No, these, <laughs> these are all going to be, these are all going to be fun. Denver's, I mean, Colorado's awesome. So you've played some real shitholes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've been to the, <laughs> been to the UK a few times. <laughs> Not a fan of those guys over there, huh? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, actually, our album reviewed very well in the UK, so I should start to turn that soon. Let's go. Well, I mean, we uh, we would love to go to the UK. We're We're kind of like... I was hoping we'd be able to host the Oasis Nebworth documentary screenings at, you know, the Soho house, but they, they passed us up once again. So, you know, we'll, we'll try again next time. I, that was a joke about the UK. If UK listeners. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. We, we do have a lot of listeners in the UK. My PR agent is on the other line. That was clearly a joke. I actually love the UK. I'm trying to think of what the shittiest place I've ever played. I mean, it's gotta be somewhere in Florida. I think I played a, uh, mm-hmm. A Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. Um, we were on tour with Blink-182. Oh, shit. That was pretty bad. But can you bang... So why why is Travis Barker not producing the new Waves album? Because that seems like the ticket right now. The only time me and Travis Barker talk is if we're, like, talking about, like, MMA or something. But he's... <laughs> that dude is fucking... That guy's a workhorse. Like, all he does is... Seems like he's with some other 16-year-old with face tattoos every other day. So, like... Yeah, he's he's <laughs> taking rappers and turning them into punks. And, and he's the only man for the job. Yeah. Have you played a bunch of wild opening sets, though? Or, or is Blink as big as it's gotten? We did. We opened at Madison Square Garden with uh, Daft Punk and Phoenix. What? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Wow, you opened that show? Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, one of the guys in Phoenix was just like a big Waves fan. He just asked the booking agent, hey, can we put them on the show? And we were like, that's odd. Yeah, <laughs> Sofia Coppola was there. It was it was very cool. I was It was a star-studded event. Sure. That's big. And everybody, when we played, everybody was confused and upset. <laughs> uh, but when you were on tour with Blink-182, did you do the thing where you... You come out and sing a song every night with them, or, or Mark Hoppus joins you for a little <laughs> duet. No? No, no. That's fucked up, bro. I thought that's how tour's supposed to work. In my experience, that's what I've seen. You guys didn't go back to back on, I guess this is growing up solo? I think that we might have covered a Blink 182 song and a few times. And I think that was probably the biggest pop we got on the whole tour. But no, we never got brought on stage. And like, they were, they were all super nice guys. They're all business. Yeah, it was all business. They all have separate buses and they all like... I can't wait to have separate buses. I can't wait to have separate buses. That's the cool... I mean, besides walking straight out to the Escalade and going to Teterboro, there's nothing cooler than the... Than the... <laughs> I mean, that's like you're, you've really made it if you all have separate buses. Well, I'm kind of... I'm shooting for a Timberlake-type ascension to fame as Jason prefers to be more behind-the-scenes you know, Pharrell. Actually, he's more of a Chad. Oh, Hugo, come on, bro. If I had to say. So, so now that you've been uh, sedentary for the last two years, the investments are booming. The crypto wallet is trapped out. Are you not looking? Because I've talked to a lot of people who are like, it's time to go back on tour now. And a lot of people are like, bro, I don't really even want to do this. Like, I've, like, you've, you've crossed the line and enough time has passed to where it's like, shit, I would. I kind of don't even want to do this. I haven't played guitar in, I mean, I've played guitar maybe like three or four times in the past 18 months. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Get those, get those waves tickets. Guy. Tour's going to be sick. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the new songs we recorded in 2019, basically when the, 
the the shutdowns happened, I just like the idea of flying was just like, well, we're not going on tour anytime soon. It's like, and I didn't feel very creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like sort of strange to even pick the guitar up. But I, I think that it's actually been helpful. Like I, I'm excited to start to practice again and play shows because I've taken like my first break from it in the past mm-hmm. decade of, of doing it every single day. Okay. So you are looking forward to it and, and going out and pressing the flesh with your fans in Albuquerque. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> just, uh, somebody just uh, <laughs> tweeted at me and was like, bro, tell me you're doing like meet and greets after shows. Mm. I was like, what? Like, are you guys? It's already, it's already a little tricky with COVID. We don't need to get within sneezing distance of, you know, 500 people every single night. Yeah. Speak for yourself. I, I hate the fans, but I w- I'm not scared of COVID. That's two separate <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah. You, Chris, you're really at a crossroads. You must be torn because you hate meet and greets or meeting the fans, but you love proving COVID wrong. So exactly. Yeah. It's so tough for me. It's really, yeah. I want to, I want to spit in every, I want to spit in every fan's mouth after every show just to prove that this shit is fake, but I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, you're, you're an anti-vaxxer, huh? He is. Yeah. <sighs> no, unfortunately I'm not. Well, you can, you can be an anti-vaxxer that also got vaccinated. That just means that you're worldly. Sadly, I have to put the bit down for a second and say that I'm pro-vax, you know, and I, I it, it pains Bro, me pussy. to say it, but um, <laughs> I'm happy to be controlled by the government for the rest of my life, and I shop at Amazon, and you know what? Sue me. I'm with you. I love Amazon. Damn, we got another Chris Black sue me. I like it. Oh, uh, God damn it. Um all right, Nathan. It's been real, bro. I love potting with you. Uh, thanks. This is my first pod, you know. Really? Is it? Yeah. It is. Damn. So what what other podcast before we leave, what other podcasts do you listen to? I like, you know, like NPR stuff or like stuff you should know, mm. like random facts. Right. I like like short bursts of facts, like something that's like 5 to 10 minutes that tells me something I had no idea about. You're an info junkie. I am. So on the front lines of the info wars. That's cool. So just three and a half mm-hmm. hours of Joe Rogan talking about DMT and like rifles. Have you ever have you ever seen a bear up close, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> to see how how big his paws are. No, but I've eaten. But I've eaten bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I could throw another <laughs> plate on my squats after I ate bear for the first time. That makes sense, honestly. I'm. I'm willing. I'm willing to do it if it if it comes down to a PR. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> um, yeah, Nathan, tell people where the where they can they can stream the album. Where can they stream it? Yeah, new album, Hideaway, uh, uh, streaming on all platforms. Right. Um, Let's go. None of them give us any money, so it doesn't matter which one you choose. We're going on tour. Title. Title gives you a little money, right? Uh, nobody has title, but. Uh, <laughs> um we're going on tour a full u.s tour october to november most likely we'll be in your city like you said we're playing five shows in florida so um it's pretty thorough what Um, uh i I know that the vinyl will be a marble color but which colors are are the marble there's three there's like a baby blue there's a tangerine and there's like a soft pink those aren't the actual names of them but that's yeah, general colors thanks nathan yeah i appreciate it guys hope you had fun we'll talk to you soon see you in san diego chief all right buddy take it easy